0: It is good to see you today in the house of the Lord. We're happy that you're here. And uh, some of you are a little bit soggy, and that's understandable as the rain's coming down. But we're happy that you're here in the presence of the Lord, and we want to rejoice and give praise to his name. So we're going to start with singing Psalm 100. Psalm 100 All people that on earth do dwell, sing to the Lord with cheerful voice. And so, never mind the weather outside or any other issue that may be plaguing your mind, put those things aside, and let us come with a joyful heart, for God has blessed us with blessings innumerable, and he has given to us a place to be seated in glory. If you're in Christ, you know him as your own, well, then you can have a great cause to be thankful and to rejoice today. Let's stand, please, as we worship. Let's bow, please, before the Lord now in prayer as we commit our morning service and indeed the entire day unto our God, praying for his blessing upon each soul and the instruction of the scripture and the word to our hearts and to remember those who are less fortunate than we are in many, many ways will come to him now. Our loving Father, we rejoice today for the great privilege we have of coming once more into your house and to offer the praises of our hearts, the thanksgiving of our soul. and We want, Lord, to come to magnify our Lord Jesus Christ this morning with our song. Help us to enter in with joy in our praise, in our worship. Take away every other distracting thought and every other problem or trial or pressure Whatever it may be, Father, we pray that we might enter into the presence of our God with great thanksgiving and great praise upon our hearts. For we have received, Lord, so much of all the temporal blessings we see around us. But, Lord, the far greater blessing is that our sins have been washed away. We have a home in glory. We are at peace with our Father in heaven. and Lord, I pray that today we will stand into and possess the possessions that belong to us in and through Christ Jesus. We know, Lord, that outside of Him we are nothing and we have nothing. And I pray that we will never let a day go past, Father, that we will not Give thanks for so great salvation. We will never count these things as light or just we take them for granted. Rather, we'll be filled with joy in the Holy Spirit each and every day. Father, we pray for those today who are grieving the loss of loved ones. We pray for Juanita today that you would comfort her heart in the loss of her dear husband we ask, dear Father, to remember those who are sick and unable to be in the presence uh, with us today. Remember Brother Bodner in hospital. Remember my mum in hospital at this time and others who need an immediate touch upon their bodies. We're thankful for answers to prayer. We're thankful for the evidence of measures of improvement of health and stability in the lives of others. But, O oh God, we just commit all of our brothers and sisters, our family members, into your hands. Grant to us household salvation, we pray, and bless each family connected here today. And those watching online, too, unable to be out, perhaps watching from a distance, encourage them in their souls, bless them as they join in our worship today, and may they know the peace and the direction of God in their lives. Father, we do give thanks for this special weekend of meetings that we've been having, the services on Friday night, the dinner fellowship last evening, and the messages that were brought as well. Lord, we pray that the word sown would cause and take deep root in all our hearts and that we would be built up, edified in our most holy faith and that today would be no different. That the morning service and the evening service and the youth meeting tomorrow night, that, O God, in all of these times, be very conscious of your hand upon Brother McKee as he brings the word, and on his dear wife as they sing together as well. Lord, may everything redound to the glory and honor of King Jesus. So, Lord, hear our prayers this time. We also think, Father, of the upcoming A Presbytery and Prayer Times in Calgary. We're asking, Father, for your presence and help in these services and these meetings, that you would bless the the church in Calgary, be with them, bless Brother Backhurst and his ministry and all the preparation, praying also for our churches that do not have under shepherds at this time. Remember the work in Cloverdale, the work in Fredericton, We pray also for Phoenix and for Orlando. Lord, you would watch over these places and bless our young men who have completed their theological training and are moving out now. We pray for John Kelly as he endeavors to start a work again in his own home place of Maine. We ask, Lord, to bless all the other brethren. We think of Brother Diderno in his internship here in Toronto. Strengthen and encourage him and bless him as he preaches today in Port Hope. Hear all our prayers. Receive our thanksgiving. We ask in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Number 214. 214 hymn. And uh, this is a great hymn of the faith, Standing on the Promises of Christ our Lord. Let's stand, please, as we worship God. singing a great hymn like that one, and you're exhausting all of your, uh, well, your breath from within. It takes a few moments just to take that breath again. Well, it's good to rejoice in the Lord as we stand on the promises of Christ the Lord. We are bound to him eternally by love's strong cord, overcoming daily by the Spirit's sword. And the truth is that, brothers and sisters, we cannot go forward and stand against the devil and all the temptations he brings against the forces of evil. We do not do this by our own, uh, our own power, but we stand by the strength of the Holy Spirit who lives within us, and the Trinity, God the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, they abide within the life and the heart of the child of God, and we have great cause for rejoicing. And therefore, when we come through our times of weakness, well, let's look away from self and out and up to the Lord. And when we do that, we can be sure and certain that he is standing by our side. Let's sing these two final verses. Be seated. Some of you I can see as you are singing that hymn and getting into the joy of it, tapping the pew in front of you or even clapping your hands, and that's good, to rejoice in the Lord for all his kindness. You know, we have no firmer ground to stand on than God's holy and precious word. We were thinking in the adult Bible class today of Elijah as he was with the prophets of Baal, top of Mount Carmel, and as he begins to pray and asks God to answer his prayer, he said, Lord, I have done all these things according to thy word. It wasn't by Elijah's strength or power, but it was by the word of God that was in his heart. And, you know, as we stand upon those same precious promises, we have the encouragement and we have the guarantee that our God is with us and he will enable us to go forward by his might. Turn please with me in your Bibles to the book of Romans chapter 12. Book of Romans chapter 12, verse 1. will of God. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophesy, prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith, or ministry, let us wait on our ministering. Or he that teacheth on teaching. Or he that exhorteth on exhortation. He that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence. He that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be without dissimulation, without deceit. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affectioned. One to another, with brotherly love, in honor preferring one another. Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. Distributing to the necessity of saints, given to hospitality. Bless them which persecute you, bless and curse not, Rejoice with them that do rejoice, and weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore if thine enemy hunger feed him, if he thirst give him drink. For in so doing thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good may the lord bless his own precious word uh, to our hearts as we have read this morning you're very welcome in the lord's house today we're glad that you're here with us and if you're here for the first time maybe you've come back again you're very welcome and uh, those folks that are viewing our service online today want you to know you're very very welcome as well And if you're living in the locality, then we encourage you to come out, that we might see you in person in the Lord's house. And, of course, if you're a distance away, send us an email. We might have record of your visit with us. And if we can pray for you in any way at all or help you, then uh, please reach out to us and we'll do what we can do in the Lord. Well, we've had um, some very good meetings Uh, Last uh, Friday night passed, and on Saturday, for this special fall weekend of services. And if you missed out on those, well, I would encourage you to get the uh, message from Friday night that's recorded on Sermon Audio. The meeting last night was not recorded, I don't think, and so you have to miss out on that one. But our brother McKee spoke to the men, and his dear wife Hannah had a devotional message for the women, and both were well-received. And we rejoiced in the Word of God. And, of course, the international dinner we enjoyed yesterday afternoon, about 5 o'clock. It was a blessing. And if you missed out on that, well, I'm sorry. Sermon audio can't help you on that one. You're just going to have to wait till the next time. Although uh, a little bit maybe go this far. If you want to come back to the evening service tonight, we have some leftovers and leftovers are not too bad. We can enjoy them, and so we're going to do that for a fellowship time after the evening service tonight. Thanks again to the ladies and everyone who brought food yesterday. It was a very great blessing, and we appreciate that very, very much. Remember, please, a couple of folks who need our prayers that are in the hospital. We've been praying for Reverend John Bodner. He is still in the hospital. I was able to see him on Friday, and... Uh, He was not doing well. He's still on the ventilator. He was sitting up in his chair, uh, and his wife Dorothy thinks that they're they're trying to take him off the ventilator and get him to breathe on his own now, but do please pray for him. He doesn't have COVID. It's a complication regarding the cancer surgery that he had a few weeks ago. Please remember my mom in prayer. She was taken into the hospital on Thursday night. And she's still in the hospital, but hoping to come home today. They're running all kinds of tests just to see what exactly the problem is. But uh, know that she'll greatly appreciate your prayers, and uh, we, we thank you for that. I want to express our condolences to, well, the Illigan family. And I, I know that some of you folks who have come more recently to the church, since COVID even, will not even know who that is. But it's an elderly couple... Uh, Juanita and uh, Cilio and uh, they're, they came to the services oh they've been attending quite regularly but then when COVID shut everything down and an elderly couple and I just learned this morning when Juanita phoned that her dear husband passed away yesterday and uh, she was asking if we could help with the funeral and so I told her yes definitely we'll do anything we can to help and to encourage them had a nice talk with their daughter and uh, do hope that we'll have occasion to bring the word, to encourage the family, and that Juanita, I told her that the congregation would remember her in prayer. So that's Juanita Illigan, uh, so for your consideration. Please remember the services today. Our pre-service prayer time will be at 5.50 p.m. We're making a change of location. Instead of being downstairs, we're moving back to the fellowship room, which is outside on your right in the hallway, and uh, come there in 5.50, and we will seek the Lord for the evening service, which will be at 6.30 And our brother McKee will be back to bring the word again. I'll give a little word of introduction to him before he and his wife come to sing for us, minister in song shortly. Don't forget, please, as I mentioned, the fellowship after tonight and then the service tomorrow evening for our youth and young adults at 7 p.m. here in the church. And I want to encourage every young person making your effort to come out. This meeting is for you. And so... Uh, Be sure that you're there in good time. I almost forgot to mention that tonight in the evening service, the youth choir will be singing, taking part in the meeting, and we're looking forward to that as well in your evening service tonight. So don't forget Monday. And then Wednesday evening, our Bible study and prayer time will be at 7.30, God willing. I'd appreciate your prayers on Thursday of this week. I'll be flying out to Cloverdale, British Columbia, to be with that congregation there, that you know, I'm the interim pastor for, uh, for a service, and uh, looking forward to that time with that congregation. Do pray for them, and then also be heading on Monday, flying back to Calgary for our ministers' presbytery and prayer times, and that will run from Monday to Friday. It's going to be somewhat limited because. Uh, some of our American brethren were not able to travel into Canada because of the restrictions. And uh, we just learned, of course, that those restrictions will be lifted as of the end of September. But I think it's a bit late for them to make their flight arrangements at this time. So it's going to be our Canadian men, mostly, and uh, some of the of the American brethren. But we always pray that these times when you think maybe not too many are going to show up, we don't know what kind of a service it will be or our time, those often turn to be some of the most blessed times. The other men will be joining us on Zoom who cannot be there in person but will greatly appreciate your prayers. And a Brother Backhurst has asked me to speak in the morning service in Calgary on October the 9th and then I have to also speak at the minister's prayer time on the Friday morning of that. So appreciate greatly your intercession for us, for all the men that we will know God's hand upon us and his blessing. Let's sing again, please, to the Lord's Praise, number 712. 712, and this is a a hymn for the boys and girls, so we want everyone to be singing out the very best you can. Jesus is our shepherd. Remain seated, please, while we sing. Well, it's a joy. It has been a delight for us to have fellowship and have the ministry of our brother, Reverend Ryan McKee, and his wife, Hannah. They have joined us for this special weekend of services. Uh, They were here last year for a Reformation service at the end of October, and uh, he is the minister of the Mockrefeldt Free Presbyterian Church. Well, the name is Calvary Free Presbyterian Church. It's in that town, and uh, we rejoice with the ministry that God has given to His servant there in that place, and we're happy that they're here with us today, and we've been blessed by their ministry so far. And so our brother and sister are going to bring a message in song at this time, and then they're going to also do that again tonight at the same time. So brother, sister, please come minister in song.
1: Not of works, nor tell of good deeds, for not have I done to merit His grace. All glory and praise shall rest upon Him, so willing to die. That he bore I will glory In the cross My trophies and crowns My robe stained with sin Was all that I had To lay at his feet On work At the table of life till love made provision for me, I will glory in the cross, in the cross, lest it suffer. That He I will go.
2: Well, it's good to be here this morning. We thank you once again for the invitation to be here this weekend. I almost had no notes to preach from, (laughs) so thanks. (laughs) It's been a privilege to be here. We have enjoyed the meetings. We have enjoyed the fellowship. And last night, uh, that food and the time, just the friendship around uh, the table was a blessing. And we want to thank you. Uh, We maybe have brought some rain with us today. We feel very much at home when we look out on that weather, but... Uh, we give thanks to the Lord for this service and pray that he will speak to us even through his word this morning. We want to turn to Psalm number one, Psalm one, and we want to read this and then bring the message that the Lord has given for this service. Psalm number one, shall perish. Amen. Let's just unite our hearts together in prayer. (coughs) Our loving Heavenly Father, we thank Thee and we praise Thee for the privilege of once again being in the house of the Lord. We rejoice in the hymns that we have sung this morning. We thank Thee for that 100th Psalm that tells us to enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. We thank you for the note of praise there's been in this meeting today and for how our hearts have been pointed already towards true worship for what the Lord has done for us. And as we come to the Word of God, we realize that the preaching of the Word and the hearing of the Word and our response to the Word is also an act of worship. And we pray, Lord, that we will be found faithful before thee this morning, both in the preaching, in the hearing, and in the responding to the word of God. Lord, may you close out all thoughts that are not convenient for this moment. May all distractions be taken away. And may we be taken up with the things of God. May this be a very special time as the Lord graciously draws near, saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. Lord, empty me of self and sin, I pray. Give me help to be faithful to this congregation and to my Saviour. First, in Jesus' name I ask these things and for his glory alone. Amen and amen. This morning I want to speak upon the subject of the blessed man. Now, of course, the word man there is used in a universal context. It's speaking of all men man, woman, boy, or girl. And therefore, this morning, the blessed person. What does it mean to be blessed as a Christian? Well, the word blessed, as I mentioned on Friday evening, means to be happy. In fact, the word means happinesses. And those who are the Lord's and walking with the Lord are a happy and a joyful people. You know, everyone in this life is searching for blessing, for happiness, and for contentment. There is a pursuit of reaching that point in your life where you feel you've made it. Some suppose it will be securing a particular job or place of employment. For others, it will be maybe raising a family, financing a bank account for security and pleasure. For others traveling around this world and seeing as many sights and experiencing as many cultures as this world has to offer. And there's some goal within our hearts that we feel if we achieve this, or if we get there, or if we receive this, then I will be happy. But no matter what you achieve in life and no matter what you gain or gather throughout your life, it will never be enough to bring true happiness, true joy, true contentment or peace because there will always be a desire for more and different things. In Adam Clark's commentary for Psalm 1, he made six short statements. He said, God made man for happiness. Number two. Every man feels a desire to be happy. Number three, all human beings abhor misery. Number four, happiness is the grand object of pursuit among all men. Number five, but so perverted is the human heart that it seeks happiness where it cannot be found and in things which are naturally and morally unfit to communicate it. And then number six, the true way of obtaining happiness. Happiness is here laid down in this sand. I wonder this morning, is there someone, and you are seeking for happiness where it cannot be found? Maybe in money, maybe in position, maybe in sin. True happiness is found alone in the Lord Jesus Christ. And you can experience true happiness today, true joy, that contentment and blessing that the Lord gives, Jesus fully satisfies, and that satisfaction and joy is known whenever we know the burden of sin lifted, the guilt and the shame of sin cleansed away by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, when we start to live as a spiritual being, born again of the Spirit of God, living for the things that this world cannot offer, living for heaven and God's glory. Those who are saved and serving are satisfied in him. Oh, yes, we will desire more holiness and we'll desire a greater zeal and more fruit for our labor and endeavors. But when we look at who we are in Christ and what we have promised to us in eternity, we can say that we are content in him and satisfied in Jesus. Now, this psalm teaches us very clearly what it takes for the child of God to know God's peace, to have that joy that there is in the presence of the Lord. All types of people are included here. The rich and the poor, the master, the servant, the academic, the athlete, the child, the school pupil, the teenager, the young parent, the middle age, the elderly, all are able to know this blessing. All are able to know the great joy of being in the center of the will of the Lord. And I want us to look for a few moments down this, um, and consider this theme the godly man or the godly woman. In verse number one, we see the wisdom of the godly man. And if you're to know God's great blessing this morning and to enjoy your salvation, there are certain things you cannot do. Look what it says. Blessed is a man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. This is God's wisdom given to us this morning. The wisdom of God that leads us in the right way. The first thing it tells us not to do, we are to not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Now, the word walk, of course, is figurative of our journey through life. It denotes our way of life. Now, I want to say at the very outset, this is not saying that you are to have no contact with unsaved people. Scripture doesn't teach that. We're in the world, we're not of it. We are to share the gospel with all in our lives. However, it is speaking about walking in the counsel of the ungodly. And the word counsel comes from a word meaning advice. And your advice in your walk of life should be taken from the word of God. In other words, you're not to be walking in step with the advice of ungodly people. The word ungodly, it means to be wrong. Uh, to be a bad person. It's at times translated to be condemned, guilty, or wicked. Therefore, it's speaking of one who is not saved. Someone who does not know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. Therefore, they do not have the correct focus in life, and they are unable to give profitable advice on how a Christian is to live before the Lord in a godly manner. You see, in Psalm 15, verse 1 and 2, the question is asked, Lord, who shall abide in thy tabernacle? Or who shall dwell in thy holy hill? He that walketh uprightly and worketh righteousness and speaketh the truth in his heart. And those three things are required of God's people. We are to live in such a manner. That is not the way that the world lives today. They do not work righteousness. They do not always speak the truth. They do what they need to get by. And therefore, we are not to live our lives according to the counsel of the unsaved of this world. Now, there's much advice given in this world. There's advice on how to raise your children, on how to have a good marriage, on how to succeed in life. But we are not to go to the world to find out how to achieve in life or how to be blessed in life. As God's people, we are to go to the Lord, the giver of life. The one who has created us. The one who has a purpose for us. The one who desires to bless us as we walk with him. And some people are living their lives by the standard of the world. And when we talk about the world, we're talking about its system, about its plans, its purposes. The world is not living toward God. This world does not encourage the child of God in its walk with the Lord. And therefore, we are not to live our lives by the standards of this world. Just because something is acceptable in the world does not mean it's right before God. Just because something is in law and passed in law as legal in this world does not mean it is right before God. We have a higher authority, a higher throne, and we must live by His word. Then it says we are not to stand in the way of sinners. Now, the word stand, of course, it means to stop walking, to abide for a while, to tarry. And the word way, it means a road. In other words, we are not to, once again, be in the way that the ungodly are living. We are not to live in the same way. It ought to be that when people look at our lives, we are different from the world. We are not grouped in with all those who are on sea, but we are different. We stand out. We are lights in the darkness. And then it says we're not to sit in the seat of the scornful. Now, the word sit is a very interesting word because unlike standing, the word means to sit down with the intention of staying a while. This very word is translated in different parts of Scripture as dwell, remain, endure, and it also can mean to marry. So the thought here is someone who is building their lives around the counsel of ungodly men. They've thrown in their lot, as it were, with the sinner, and that's the standard by which they are living their lives. Notice what it says. It says, not to sit in the seat of the scornful. The word scornful, it means those who scorn or those who make a mocker, mockery or those who have derision against someone. And of course, in this context, it's against the Lord. And those who mock the Lord and those who deride the Lord and those who are against the Lord should not be the people from whom we are receiving spiritual instruction on how to live our lives. Do you notice the slowing down in this verse? You see, it says... Blessed is a man that walketh not, nor standeth, nor sitteth. What does the Bible tell us that we should be doing as God's people? We should be going forward. In Philippians 3, 13, 14, <coughs> Paul says, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth onto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. The imagery there Is from the Olympic Games, from the race. And he's pressing on towards the goal. In Hebrews 12 and 1, it says, Let us run with patience or endurance the race that is set before us, looking on to Jesus. And when we stop running, what happens? Well, we start walking. Then we stand still and then we sit down. Are you running today? Are you running for the Lord? Are you running toward the prize? Are you running with your eyes upon the Savior, or have you got distracted by the things of this world? Are you maybe just limping along? Maybe you're standing, maybe you're sitting, and you've made no progress in your Christian life for the last number of days or weeks, maybe even years. There's been no progress, no pressing on. Well, today, you need to get up once again, ask the Lord for forgiveness for your waywardness, and to run. Run for Jesus. You know, the world, the flesh, and the devil will do everything to hinder our progress as believers. And we can maybe look around and see great discouragements today. But if our eyes are on the Lord, and as we sang just a few moments ago, standing upon the promises of His Word, we can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth us. Is it possible? For a Christian really to live in a godly manner, in a way that brings glory to God, is it possible to be a faithful Christian in 2022? Is it? Well, praise God it is. Praise God it is. We think of Joseph down there in Egypt. And Joseph was able to live for the Lord, to go against the trends of that day, to be pure in his life, even though there were no other believers around him. He was able because the Lord was with him. We think of the little girl that was taken captive and she was a maid of Naaman's wife. Was she able to live a godly manner? Praise God she was. And this girl who was taken from her homeland into a foreign land, living under a different language, living under a different religion, she was able to live in a godly way. We think of Daniel. We could go through many different people in the word of God and remember that their God is our God. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he is able to give us the power to live for him and to run for him. You know, as I think about this downward progression, I think about Peter in the New Testament. And there are many highs in Peter's life, and we thank God for that. But there was a time specifically that we recorded, that is recorded for us in Scripture, but Peter is not running with the Lord. Oh, I'll, I'll die with you, Lord. I'll not leave you. That was his boast, just hours before. And then we read in Luke 22, verse 54 Peter follows afar off. He's not running with the Lord now. He's away back because of fear. He doesn't want to be seen. And then we read in Luke 22, verse 55 Peter sat down among them. Who's the them? That was the people in the Roman palace. Those who had no love for the Lord. And he sat down, and not only did he sit down, he began to be like them. Mark chapter 14, we read that he began to curse and he began to swear in denial of being a disciple. How quickly one sin leads to another. How quickly one sin and start a knock-on effect that leads us to be found in open rebellion to God. And this is why we are to be wise. Don't be satisfied just walking with the Lord, but run for Him. Don't be content looking to the world for advice and guidance, but look to the Lord. It's the little things in our lives where sin often gets a foothold. Oh, we're not going to go out... Today, to commit adultery, we're not going to go out today to murder someone. Oh, but the little things start in our lives. We don't see them maybe as particularly important and we overlook them, but they grow and they grow and they develop and their consequences. We read in Scripture, take us the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vine. In other words, do not be content with any sin in your life. Do not overlook even the little sins, the things that you don't think are particularly important. But whenever something is revealed, then get it onto the blood. Watch your companionship, your friendship circle. The scripture says in Proverbs twenty-seven, seventeen: iron sharpeneth iron. And so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. Proverbs 13, verse 20, he that walketh with wise men shall be wise but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. We become like those with whom we associate. If you want to know what you're going to be like in five or ten years, look at the friendship group you have now. You start to pick up on their ways and, and therefore the Lord is teaching us that we are to be careful and wise in our walk with him. Verse number two, we read about the practice of the godly man. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Of course, the law of the Lord is the Scripture. And there's one theme in Scripture. It's about the redemptive work of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's God's revelation of himself to man. And therefore, if someone is continually reading the Scriptures day and night, then they will continually see Christ because he's in the Scripture from Genesis right through to Revelation. It's all about him. And therefore, it is those who are walking in the Word of God will be found running for Christ. I wonder, have you opened the Bible today before you came to church? Did you have a time where you read God's Word to see what he would say to you before you even came to this service today? I trust that's a daily thing. It's important to do it. Some people don't open the word because they know that God will put his finger upon the thing that's wrong in their lives. Some people don't want to read because they know God will highlight their sin. Even sometimes whenever believers are walking in sinful ways, they don't want to come to church because they know sitting in the presence of God, among the people of God, under the preaching of the word of God, the Lord will put his finger upon the problem in their life so they stay away. But it's through the word that the Lord builds his people. He gives us promises that we can claim. He gives us truths that we can live by. He gives us the true life view that we ought to have. The worldview through the word of the Lord. A man's chief end, and I've already mentioned this, is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. And a believer who is walking in obedience can glorify God. You know, some people have the idea, well, I'll be a great Christian, or I'll be a bright Christian, or I'll be a really effective Christian. Give me a year or two years, and I'll build myself up. But when does a candle start to shine? The moment it's lit. And if you have been saved, maybe this past week, maybe for the past month or 50 years, it doesn't matter the length of time. God can use you. Your life can shine for Him. You can bring glory to God by being obedient in your walk with God. And this is the bottom line. It's not how long you've been saved, it's how close you're walking with the Savior. Notice the frequency. It says, in his law doth he meditate day and night. This is a Christian's focus in their mind during the day, during the night. The word of God is in their heart. It is directing their steps. It's directing their thoughts. It leads them in their decisions. Whether at home or at work, God's word is that which regulates their life. Whether they're on vacation or they're going through a normal uh, year of life whether they're in public or in private, this is their rule and this is their direction, the word of God. And if you are one who delights in the law of God, who is interested in the word of God, who is reading the word of God with the desire for God to speak and to lead, that will bring much blessing in your life as you obey him. Verse number three, we see the evidences of the godly man. We've thought about the wisdom of the godly man. we thought about the practice of the godly man. Now the evidence, there's three things we see here. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. First of all, there's stability. Because there's an imagery here of a tree with deep roots And those deep roots are going right down to that continual supply of life-giving water. And whenever the winds blow against that tree, that tree will not be moved because its roots are deep, and it is established in the place that God has put it. In Jeremiah 17, we read these words, Blessed is a man that trusteth in the Lord, and whose hope the Lord is, for he shall be like a tree Planted by the waters, that spreadeth out her roots by the river, and shall not see when he cometh, but her leaf shall be green. The winds of trouble and sorrow, the winds of trial and affliction, will blow upon the believer from time to time. Even the winds of doctrine, there are times whenever false doctrines come. And that storm and that wind comes, and those who are not grounded in the Word of God are easily shaken. We've heard of people who have, le- who have left faithful Bible teaching churches to go to places that have been started up by some individual who has some idea or maybe some uh, personality that they're following and they just think it's wonderful but they're not teaching the truth of the Scripture. And they're embracing the false doctrine. They're embracing that which is not biblical. Why? Because they have not been established and grounded in the Word of the Lord. Oh, how important it is to be in the Word of God that we will not be easily moved, fixed upon His Word, and we will know the truth. Not only is there stability here, there's fruitfulness he will bring forth his fruit in his season. I'm, thought, I'm mindful of the words of John fifteen five. I am the vine, said the Lord Jesus Christ. Ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. Now, what do we mean by the word fruit? What type of fruit is brought forth in our lives? Well, I believe there are two types of fruit. First of all, there is the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5. And if there's something, uh, if you need help and direction in your prayer life or what to pray for the Lord to bless you with, go to Galatians chapter 5 and read through the fruit of the Spirit and pray that these things would be seen in your life as you follow the Lord, as you obey the Lord, as you allow the Spirit to have control in your lives. But there's also fruit of our labors, seeing souls saved. And every single person can be a fruit-bearing Christian and a Christian that sees fruit One for the Lord Jesus Christ. You say, well, preacher, I can't stand at the front of a meeting and preach. I haven't got a Sunday school class. I'm not very good at speaking. But you can pray. You can pray and labor for your family, for your friends, for the unsaved in this church, that the Lord will come and the Lord will convert them by His Holy Spirit through the preaching of the Word of God. you can be one who comes bringing lots of fruit because you have been part of the work of evangelism. You can give out a gospel tract. You can invite someone to the house of God, to the gospel service that we will be preaching tonight. You can invite someone out who has not been saved to hear how they can be saved through the Lord Jesus Christ. So, there's stability in the life of a godly man. There is fruitfulness in the life of a godly man. By their fruit she shall know them. And there ought to be fruit always in our life. But there's also prosperity. There's prosperity. It says, whatsoever, verse 3, he doeth shall prosper. Now, some people take that little line, whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. This is great. Whatever I do is going to be great. It's going to be prosperous. But they don't take the other two and a half verses that come before it. You cannot just lift out little lines of Scripture and build some teaching around them. You have to take it within its context. The prosperity is for the one who's not walking with the counsel of the ungodly, who's not standing in the way of sinners, who's not sitting in the seat of the scornful, but one who is living by the Word of God in obedience to the Word of God day and night. It's their guiding principle. You will be prosperous. Now, that prosperity does not Speak about material things. That's not what it's talking about. Although the Lord may bless you materially, but that's not the prosperity we're talking about. We're talking about spiritual prosperity. There'll be peace within your life. There'll be joy within your soul. There'll be strength as you serve the Lord. There'll be direction in your life. There'll be that contentment that you're where the Lord wants you to be. All of these things are for those who are walking with the Lord. There are people today, and they have billions of dollars, but they can't get a night's sleep. There's no peace. There's no contentment. There's just no satisfaction at all. And yet there's many of God's people who mightn't have very much in this world, financially or physically, but they sleep soundly. They live joyfully. They're blessed. Why? Because they're walking with the Lord. In verses 4 to 6, and in this final thought, we're almost through. In verses 4 to 6, we have the contrast with the ungodly man. The contrast with the, un- with the sinner. Notice it says, the ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. We see there, first of all, that the godly and the ungodly are contrasted in Life. The godly are stable in life; they're prosperous in life. They have a purpose. They are following the Lord. But the godly are not so. They're like the chaff which the wind driveth away. So instead of stability in the life of uh, a sinner, there is instability. There's instability. Oh yes, their times are happy. Their times are sad. But there is instability in life. There is no fixed purpose in the Savior in their life. Instead of fruitfulness, there's emptiness. They have nothing to offer God. Instead of prosperity, there is loss, because anything that they do receive cannot go into eternity. And there are people today, and they're building up masses of things for themselves. They have houses full of things, cars in the driveway, money in the bank, but they have to leave it all behind and go into eternity to meet the Lord. And in life, they may have much of the things of this life, but they have nothing that really matters, nothing that is eternal, nothing that they can take with them when they go into eternity. Don't tell me how blessed you are by what you have right now, but tell me how blessed you are by what you know awaits for you in eternity. Verse number five, the judgment. The godly and the ungodly are contrasted in judgment. It says, therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. The greatest adversity and the greatest storm and the greatest trial we will ever face is the judgment of the Lord. But for the believer, there is nothing to fear. For the believer, there is nothing to fear. Because Christ took the place of the believer in the cross of Calvary. And the wrath of God's judgment and punishment for sin fell upon Christ. He bore it all for the believer. And therefore, judgment God cannot twice demand. First at my bleeding surety's hand and then again at mine. So therefore, being in Christ, we are safe and secure in the judgment. We praise God for that. We have nothing to fear as we stand before God. Oh yes, we want to come with our sheaves. We want to come with our fruit. We want to come bringing others along with us. But as we face God, there is nothing for us to fear because we have been reconciled to God through the blood of the cross. Notice... It says, sinners shall not stand in the congregation of the righteous. There'll be a great division on that day. It won't be Protestant and Catholic. It won't be by nationality. It won't be free Presbyterians and those who are not free Presbyterians. But it'll be those who are the sinners, born in sin, lived in sin, died in sin without God and those who are saved, secure in Christ. The saved and the lost. I wonder which one are you? Which one are you? Because it says in the final verse, for the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous. The Lord knows what lies ahead for us. And even as we go into eternity, the Lord knows what lies ahead. We have a lovely glimpse there in Revelation chapter 21. God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And for a few moments, we get to see through the veil into heaven, that place where there's no more sickness, there's sorrow, their death, their pain, no more sin. And the more we hear about it, the more we realize that is home. But while... The righteous prosper at the end of the way eternally. The way of the ungodly shall perish. The way of the ungodly shall perish. I want to encourage you, if you're saved this morning, that God knows the way that you take. He knows the path that he has planned for you. And not only does he know, but he has provided for every step of the way. Whatever you face today, maybe you feel it's a trial. Maybe you feel lonely. Maybe you feel you can't make it through. The Lord not only knows about where you are, but in that knowledge has provided everything that you need for right now to bring you safely through. Maybe you're sitting in God's house today and you're anxious about tomorrow. Maybe you're anxious about next month or next year. There's a storehouse full of blessing for the people of God. And he is a God that giveth over and over and over again. I'm glad God knows the way. I'm glad God knows the plan he has for each of us. And if we follow him, how blessed we will be. heard of a missionary was over in Africa in the 1950s and was so discouraged, ready to come home. In fact, they had written the letter of resignation to come home, going to send it to the mission board and come back and try and either get some ministry at home or go into different work. They received a package, and in that package there was a record, and on that record was a hymn, He giveth more grace when the burdens grow greater written by a lady who wanted to be a missionary, a lovely godly lady, but very young in life. Because of severe arthritis and other health problems, she wasn't able to go to the mission field. The Lord used that lady, Annie Johnson Flint, to be a missionary in another way. She didn't leave her home, but she started to write poems, and some of them were set to music, and they became hymns that are well known. She couldn't even use her fingers in the typewriter, so Uh, deformed her hands, and she had to use her knuckles to press out each letter. But the Lord used it. And the missionary put that hymn on, or the the record into his uh, record player, and he put the needle down, and he started to play the album. As it came to that song, he giveth more grace when the burdens grow greater. We know what the end of the chorus says. For out of his infinite riches in Jesus... He giveth, and giveth, and giveth again. And as sometimes happens on the record player, the needle got stuck. And the man got up to lift it because it kept skipping. And as he was walking across the record player, all he heard were the words, He giveth, and giveth, and giveth, and giveth, and giveth, and giveth. And And by the time he got to the record player and lifted the needle, the Lord had melted his heart. He realized he was trying in his own strength to do what God wanted him to do rather than going to the one who knew the way who had sent him there and to ask him for what he needed. And he got down on his knees. He asked the Lord to forgive him. He ripped up the letter of resignation and stayed there for another 30 years and saw many people won for the Lord. You see, the Lord knows where you are today. Don't fail, dear believer, that you have to be stronger, that you have to be better, that you have to try and get through these things. No, you have to commit yourself to the Lord and He will bring you through. But the way of the ungodly shall perish. You're living without Christ. And if you do not turn from your sin and trust in our Savior, you will die without Christ. And then you will be in eternity without Christ. Hell, without any hope, without any gospel, without any opportunity, without any end. As you sit in God's house this morning, let me ask you this question. Are you ready to meet God? Are you really blessed today? Because you can say, there's a moment in my life, I turn from my sin, I trusted in the finished work of Christ, I ask the Lord to save me, and I sit here as a child of God, closer to eternity, heaven and home than I've ever been before. And for me, no matter what happens, it is well with my soul. Are you sitting here telling me I'm a sinner? just the way I was born. I've never sought the Lord, and I'm on my way to a lost eternity. I'm closer to hell than I've ever been before. Well, then I beg you, and I urge you, turn from your sin. Call upon the Savior who is able to save. Call upon the one of whom it is written, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He is ready. He is able to see of those who will come and those who will call. And then you'll be able to say with Psalm forty-eight, fourteen: this God is our God forever and ever. And he will be our guide, even unto death. Is that your testimony today? I trust and I pray that before you leave this service, if you've come in without Christ, that you will seek him while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Amen. We're concluding by singing this psalm. And it is in the hymn book, just at the back of the hymn book, Psalm 1. And we will uh, stand as the music starts. And it says, That man hath perfect blessedness, who walketh not astray in counsel of ungodly men, nor stands in sinner's ways. We'll stand and sing the entire psalm together to the glory of God. let's just pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank thee and we praise thee for the revelation of thy truth to our hearts today. We realize, Lord, that thou hast taught us the way in which we shall be blessed. And our desire this morning is that each of God's people would walk with the Lord in his word, stable, accountable, prosperous, bearing fruit, shining in the midst of this dark world and declaring that there is a Savior who truly saves and truly satisfies. May people know that we are His by the love we have for our Savior. May that be seen even today. And even as we go into the world tomorrow, we pray, Lord, that the ungodly, the unsaved, those who are not yet Thine, we pray, O Father, that, Lord, through our lives, something of Christ will be seen. Lord, maybe there's someone here today and it's been some time since they have been in the place where Thou was called them to be. They've been in Bypath Meadow and they've wandered far from Thee. We pray, O Lord, that you will give them grace today to return to their first love. O Lord, restore today the joy of their salvation and may they leave in tune with thee. And Lord, if there are any today who are not yet saved, who have never known the joy of that only Jesus can bring. They've never known the joy of sins forgiven, the freedom that there is to worship and to obey the Lord. We pray that even this day, they will turn from their sin, call upon the Lord for salvation, and know the joy of being a child of the king. Lord, we pray what has been of man will fall to the ground and prosper, but what has been of thee, Lord, let it live on and prosper, and may signs follow. The preaching of thy precious word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.